You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey there, this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Life topics the way I see them. I'm your host, Nina Perez. I am here to challenge and transform your thinking. No excuses. Let's do this. Hey there, this is Nina Perez, and today the episode is going to be on the Women's Business Development Council with Fran Pastor. I think you're going to totally enjoy this wonderful organization that helps women entrepreneurs build their businesses and learn how to make business plans, and they teach courses and many, many things. So I'm going to go ahead and let you listen to it. If you haven't subscribed yet, go on our YouTube channel. It's Straight Talk No Sugar Added. Make sure that you subscribe and click the notification button. Enjoy the episode. Hello, this is Nina Perez at Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you so much for watching. And this show is created to give you resources, tools, and tips in discussing life topics that may challenge and transform your thinking. So today we wanted to bring somebody who is very near and dear to my heart, and her name is Fran Pastor, and she is the founder and CEO of WBDC, which is the Women's Business Development Council. It's Connecticut's leading organization championing the independence of women through entrepreneurship. I know, because I was one of the clients. And so I love Ms. Pastor, and she's devoted to, um, you know, women and entrepreneurship and growing and um, and they they serve Connecticut in a very beautiful way not just Connecticut she does it domestically and globally so I wanted to welcome Fran to my show so Thanks, Fran, thank you so much for being here with me today this means a lot to me because I've known you for many many years it means a lot to me that you <laughs> thought of me thank and you. I'm so proud of you and honored you. Um, to be here today and I'm I mean, so so proud of you you walked through a lot with me from 2007 yes so, so. yes Thank you for being here. Thank I you for having me. I wanted to introduce yourself a little bit and let, let everybody know who Fran is and what is WBDC. Thank you. So I'm Fran Pastore. I'm the CEO and founder of the Women's Business Development Council. And the inspiration for launching the Women's Business Development Council, Nina, um, as you know, um, was um, sometimes people say necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. And you know that I was... Um, a single unemployed mom with two daughters, and my only job experience was really on Wall Street, and that was very short-lived. So I was a young mom and um, a young single mom, and I wanted to do something to not only um, 
help myself mm -hmm. become employed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to also um, help other women who had experienced what I had because going what, what I had experienced because going through a divorce, even as a college-educated woman um, that had worked, I let myself um, succumb to traditional a traditional role in my family. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself um, without a job, without a lot of skills, Excuse and I had two daughters and I was afraid and I didn't want them to have that experience. And so um, I learned while I was searching for that thing that I was going to do that so many of us, especially women, search for. When I was trying to figure out my next move, I learned that Connecticut was the only state in the country without a resource for women entrepreneurs. Wow. And so that was, at that time, my interest in women's economic equity, which I was born with as a feminist. Um, my, my interest in women's economic equity combined with my need yeah. um, to, um, to do something locally in Connecticut so that I could be available to my children really merged. And so the Women's Business Development Council was formed in 1997. Um, we had a very small, uh, we had a small grant from the federal government to launch the organization, launch the business, um, which, you know, to, in today's world would be considered seed capital. Right. And um, we had two employees back in 1997, and today we have um, 14 employees, um, and we have about eight consultants and a few part-time employees as well. So um, the Women's Business Development Council is a, an entrepreneurial venture uh, that was created to help other entrepreneurs, women, and help them uh, build an economically independent and um, sustainable life for themselves. That must have been scary, though, to start, right? Because um, when you're starting, like you said, you had to do a lot of research and try to find out. But you're also at this point an entrepreneur, too, right? And if you don't have any clients or anything, you don't eat either. Right. right, exactly. So, so that might have been, a, that for me, that, that sounds like really a, a big task, something to take on, right? You're a single mom and you have these um, little babies. Mm -hmm. and, that had and to eat. That had to eat, right. And so meanwhile, while you're trying to get this grant, you're just, you're trying to figure all of this out, right? right? I mean, that, that might have been right. super scary for you. Well, it was, it was terrifying. And it was really terrifying because everyone around me, I come from a very traditional Italian family, and everyone around me was, my family was saying, just get a job and come home and live in the basement, and it would be okay. And I didn't want to leave Connecticut. And what compelled me to stay in Connecticut was that I had um, a posse of incredible girlfriends who were all very, very successful women in their own right. Okay. And this was before the internet, by the way, 1997, um, this was before the internet. And so my girlfriends um, rallied around me and said, you know, very organically, let's figure out what it is that you do, that, that you do best and that you want to do. And let's try to help you figure out what's going to be right for you. And, and so I had the benefit of these women, you know, um, a lawyer, a psychologist, uh, you know, a Harvard Business School graduate, and a handful of other friends who just, and I get chills when I think about it, um, we all had children the same age, uh, and they helped me figure out that this was the perfect niche for me. And, um, and I'm forever grateful to them because it was a, a very scary time in my life. I had the benefit of, um, in my former job, um, I had the benefit, the organization that I was working for closed down. Mm -hmm. And so I had the benefit of unemployment for um, 
whatever unemployment was at that time. And I had a boss who um, made sure that that happened for me. And, and so that was all good. But we, my daughters, we talk about often our looking days at the Stanford Town Center um, and not the buying days. And, right. you know, we have some really fun memories of that. But I think what's really important and what I wanted to recreate for women in Connecticut that don't, aren't as fortunate as I was to have that, that posse of girlfriends um, is to create that community for them. I was so lucky. Um, and, and I was so lucky to have that group of women and they served for me as, um, you know, my, my counselors, my business counselor, my, um, therapy counselor, my legal counsel. And so, um, that when, when the opportunity came up that, that Connecticut didn't have this resource, but there was, there were funds out there to provide this service. And I thought, wow, I'm a really resourceful woman. I've got all of these fabulous friends. What about the women that are out there that don't have these resources? And so it was just a perfect fit at the time. Wow. That's such a great example, too, because um, you have girls. Yes. You know? Yes. So, I mean, as hard as that is, because I'm sure there was many tears and many, like, pulling of hair and many, yes. like, I don't want to do this. You know? Yes. Yes. It has to be, right? Because I think for every entrepreneur, there's those highs and there's those big lows. Um, but to, to know, I mean, like I, I was um, kidding with you a little before we started because I said, wow, I've been with you or known you since 2007. And I realized like, wow, I've been through highs and lows, too. Mm -hmm. And you've you know, the organization have definitely been there for yes. me. I've called. They pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. They speak to you. They know who you are. I mean, it's a very personal thing. And you're right. You know, it takes a village. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it does to raise kids. But it also takes a village to when you're when you're an entrepreneur because you feel alone. Um, it's a very hard thing to do. Right. If, and especially yours was a little different. Right. Like. Uh, for when I was an entrepreneur, I had to go and try to find clients. When you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of like building everything. So you're right. just, you're trying to help people actually. So that's a different perspective. It is a different perspective, but the, the, the beautiful thing is that what builds, what, what an entrepreneur really does is um, they have a passion to do something. My mm -hmm. passion was women's economic equity. Um, and if you're lucky enough, you match that passion with a need in your community. Mm -hmm. And I was really lucky enough to find those two things. So while it was really terrifying, um, I, I look back with um, a lot of nostalgia and a lot of, um, a lot of really heartfelt feelings for the people that really believed in me. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you're starting an organization, because even though the organization is a nonprofit organization, it is still a business. Yeah. And um, in my next life, what I would love to do is be an advocate in general for the nonprofit sector, because people that run nonprofit organizations and the staff behind those people um, can do so much with so little. Yeah. And yeah. we could be such a great example in uh, in the for-profit sector of really how to make how to make things yeah. work and the resourcefulness and the creativity that um, entrepreneurs have and executive directors have to get that business started and really leverage resources. Uh, I believe it's really unparalleled, and I so love true. watching that skill emerge and surface in so many of the entrepreneurs that we work with. And, and it's just been a really exciting 
journey of 22 years that I really never, I never anticipated that we would be here today. That's so, that's so fantastic. And, you know, it's hard to, as, um, and you know because you're an entrepreneur, but as an entrepreneur, you kind of just think you have an idea and then you're going to execute. <laughs> I'll never forget taking your first, one of the first courses I took with you guys. And I'm yes, like, I what do you mean? That. I have to have a business plan. Yes. What is that? You know, I thought I could just go and cook. And, yeah. And people and, were going to come. And we're good. And, and we're it was going to be okay. We're going to make money so and it's all going to be fine. But it was such a great way to ground me, right? So do you, do you at all remember, because this is a long time back, but do you remember at all your, your first person or the first person that you actually helped or anything like that? Yeah, or? well, some of those people are still so connected, wow. like you are, to WBDC, yeah. you know. Um, and, and just, you know, by the way, I was learning as I went along. It's not yeah, like, yes, of course. you know, I didn't go to business school. Right. Um, and um, I was always in that space of business, and I was always organically helping friends out who were starting businesses. I can remember stacking shelves for a friend in Greenwich. I can remember... Um, you know, helping someone um, with their retail clothing store in New York. Um, but all of that basic, all those basic business skills, I had to learn too. Right. Right? Because I had to prove to the funders, the seed funders, who were providing us with the seed funding, just like today, if you're looking for funding from Connecticut Innovations or from an angel investor or from a bank, you have to prove on paper that you can execute. Right. You know, no one's going to invest in a business unless the CEO, uh, the entrepreneur, is invested in that business. Course, and so, yeah. Yeah. you know, not only do you have to prove yourself um, when you make your presentation, but on paper, you have to document that. And so I had to do a lot of learning and get a lot of education. For sure. Um, before my pitch to the federal government for this, this grant was going to be <laughs> was going to be um, granted, right? right. So, um, but I I do remember so many clients, and so many of them are still so connected to WVDC and doing well. And you know, most of our clients, um, and and you know this from your experience with us, most of our clients are well, you know, the majority of our clients are micro businesses. Mm -hmm. They have less than five employees. They usually. Um, have gross revenues that are under a million dollars, um, and they're coming to WBDC uh, for the sense of community that they get, yeah. that you described. Yeah. You know, someone's going to pick up the phone. Yeah. It's very, very personal. Um, no question is, is a dumb question, and our goal is really to help people succeed. We don't get paid an equity share of anybody's business. Right. We are you know, funded to do the work that we do by the federal government, the state of Connecticut, and the generosity of, of many philanthropists all over Connecticut, men and women, and corporations who want to invest in, in women's um, economic advancement. So um, the work that we do over the years has really changed and evolved even from the time that you came, certainly from 1997, and then certainly from the time that you've come. Mm -hmm. The women, the profile of the women that are coming to us are different. Their needs are very different. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a small business, you have to pivot and you have to adapt. Because right. if you don't, you know, your business may not survive. That's right. 
Yeah, I learned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned like a lot of those great skills. I mean, it was because of taking the courses at WBDC that I was able to um, launch my business the way I did because mm-hmm. it grounded you. It told you what you needed to know. And um, and at first you were just like, um, I, I, in my case anyway, I was very naive mm-hmm. as to what that is. I never took a business course, so I wasn't sure what that was. And I remember, I forgot the name of the course because it was 2007, but it was a long course. Mm-hmm. It was like every week. Mm-hmm. It was homework involved. It was very, you know, it was very much a course, yes. you know. Yes, yes, um, But I learned a lot. Fast you track, know? I think. Yeah, fast maybe. track. That's it. That's it. Um, but it was, um, and I did other things like QuickBooks mm-hmm. and all the, you know, oh, you all did other everything. classes. Yeah, I tried to and do those as are, many as yeah. possible. And those are, those are those women that come in and really get connected to the team um, and open themselves up and, and and just say, you know, you know what? I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I know. I know how to cook. I know how to cut hair. I know how to bake. I know how to do taxes. Um, I know how to design. Mm-hmm. I know interior design. But I really don't know how to be a business person. Right. Those are the most successful clients. Um, there are so many people out there, and, you know, I've, I've, I've my team sees them all the time. It's like, if you don't put the time in, right. you know, you get out of it what you put into it, right? That's so right. if you don't put the time in to cross the T's and dot the I's, um, and by the way, those T's and I's are going to shift and move and <laughs> and change yes, they do. as your business grows. But you yeah. have to have some kind of a vision that's documented, especially if you're looking for um, any kind of investor, yeah. no matter how big or small. That's very true. You have to be flexible, mm-hmm. malleable. You have to be able to... Malleable, uh, yeah. perfect. And you got to be able to take that um, critique. Mm-hmm. Critique is important. Um, I took one of your courses, of course, uh, again, at, at, at NCC at this time. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, like a business um, uh, financial class. Uh, and I forget the, the instructor's name. But anyway, what she did for me was life-changing. Mm. Because I remember going to this course where it was a bunch of women, like you said, hairdressers and, you know, um, makeup artists and me and all that kind of stuff. And we were presenting our businesses. And as we presented our businesses, we had to come with the whole business plan and what we did and all that and passed out all of the portfolios to everyone and what they were doing was giving us feedback Mm -hmm. and that changed my entire business because I realized I was underpriced Mm -hmm. I was I was giving too much for what I was pricing I also realized um, some of the women there were um, uh, had more um, economic status so they were like you know honestly, what you are offering is amazing, but I would never hire you. And I said, well, why? And they said, you are too inexpensive. Exactly. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, that just opened up my yes, eyes. Yes. They were like, what you're saying, if you're doing all of this that you're saying, it is unbelievable, but your pricing, I would say, mm, she's probably not going to give us the services we want. And I'm like, wow. Because she doesn't cost enough. She doesn't cost enough. That changed my whole life. Yeah. I'm so glad. Everything. Yeah. Well, you know, that is the single big, biggest issue that women, most women entrepreneurs yeah. face is knowing their work. And yeah. I think, I think Mika, uh, I can never pronounce her last name, Brzezinski, um, Mika, how she's known, you know, wrote a book about that, right? Knowing your worth. Oh, yeah. Um, because we all know that we're, you know, always second guessing ourselves yeah. about what we're really worth and how much we should charge. I do it myself. Yeah. And, um, it, it's so interesting because I counsel and coach a lot of young women. It's young women. It's just a labor of love. Um, you know, I really enjoy um, talking to young women about um, their first career out of college and, and things like that. And 
even recently, you know, in talking to my, my young daughter, who's an attorney, and she was saying, Mom, nobody takes vacation here. And I'm saying, you have to set the standard. It right. doesn't matter what everybody else is yeah. doing. And I got this advice from Indra Nui um, a couple of years ago. I heard her speak, and she's a former CEO of Pepsi. And she was saying how she would leave in the middle of the day to go take her kids to, to camp or go to a school play or her daughter fell down and her boss would be saying, where are you going? It's You just got here. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. And she would say, my children need me or I have, I have. And he would say, well, uh, that's kind of not really acceptable. And she would say, hey, if you want me, if I'm so good, you will accept what I'm what I'm doing and let me work. Of course, obviously her story is a beautiful story. She rose right. to be the CEO of Pepsi. Um, also, um, you don't ask, you don't get, right? right? I always say ask and you shall receive. And so me too. <laughs> it's it's really amazing yeah. that um, and th and that story is a little tangential to what we're talking about, but it it's it's in the same vein of we need to ask. Yeah. And when we ask, if we don't ask, we'll never know. And if you do ask, the chances that you will receive are pretty high. Yeah, pretty and high. And it's something that I live by. Or at least close to what you wanted, right? I mean, that's what that class did for me, actually. It wasn't just about doubling my income, which is what it did. Oh, my gosh. But it was about me not... I had to self-reflect is what yes. I'm saying, you know. And value so, yourself. Yeah, and value myself. And, and that's what I realized. Like, wow, I am coming with a... You know, I'm educated. I'm coming with a, a lot of skill set, um, a great concept and yet I don't believe in myself enough. That's what that class did for me, right? I'm so glad to and hear yeah, that. It, that's, that's, um, it's life-changing because, you know, um, you might, your, your teachers or at least might think, oh, we're here to instruct, but they don't realize that these things also change your life and how you form. And like you said, mm -hmm. like sometimes we don't think we're, we're worth enough. Women, I should mm -hmm. say, men don't struggle with that as much. Some do, mm -hmm. some do. Um, but I realized, you know, now that I um, am a manager of several people, and things like that, I realized that the men are a little bit more forward about what they need and want and, uh, than my women uh, yes. employees or whatever. Yes. And I just like, wow, that's a very yeah. interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, but uh, common. It is common. I'm, I have, a, I have um, a colleague and a good friend of mine who says that, um, you know, men get up in the morning and go to put their jeans on and their jeans don't fit. And they say, honey, the jeans, you know, you shrunk the jeans. Right. And a woman gets up in the morning, puts her <laughs> jeans on, and they don't fit. And she's like, oh, my God, I have to lose weight. Right. Or, oh, my gosh, I gained weight. So the whole concept yeah. of, of um, that negative self-talk is so important. It is so critical to overcome. And I think that is an area that we really excel at at WBDC. I think that what we are giving women, the consistent theme that we see is a lack of confidence. And yeah. by the way, yeah. You know, I've traveled all over the world. Um, I shouldn't say all over the world. So many countries. And consistently, regardless of socioeconomic background, regardless of culture, confidence is the single wow. single biggest limiting factor in a woman's success. And I feel, I really believe that at WBDC, we help provide a path to gaining that confidence yeah. through competencies, yeah. right? So we're going to teach you Knowledge. competencies and give you the tools that you need to overcome the obstacles of feeling less confident. Yeah. Because our goal is to help you succeed and, and recognizing what the obstacles are, are not just the skills. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, understanding your financial statements or creating that business plan. It's the belief in oneself that you can do it. And what we offer is that community of women 
who gave you, in your case, it's a beautiful example of women, women saying to you, you need to charge more for your services. Yeah. And sometimes it's just that little thing that we hear mm -hmm. that helps us get to that next place that we have to be. In your case, it was life-changing, but in, not in everyone's case. Is right. it life-changing, but it helps you get there. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, you're right. In my case, it was because it really made me look at not just, and I, I guess because I'm, maybe because I'm a woman or just because I, I feel like sometimes I'm just, you know, spiritual or whatever that I just feel like I always want to go deeper, right? So that wasn't to me just a business decision. That was like, why don't I do that? Yeah. Why don't I charge more? And why do I feel like I'm afraid of that? And oh, they're yeah. calling me. So why am I feeling like I'm having to beg for the work and stuff like that? So yeah. it changed everything. Yeah. It just changed the whole amazing? thing. It's amazing. And another thing that it did for me is as a, as more courses that I took and the more meetings that I had at your, at your organization with WBDC, the more confident I got because I started to gain more knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so as I started to gain more knowledge, I realized that I was then helping other women you know, who were not feeling you can feeling give confident. them the same gift. Exactly. I just felt like you were paying it forward, you know. So there were other women. I was like, well, I don't know if I could do that. You could totally do that. And this is what you do first. And here's a SWOT analysis. And yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. this means. And I never knew how to say any of that lingo yeah. or know what that meant. Uh, but when you gain that confidence, you can't help but to like help someone else, this, which is what WBDC does, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, from the beginning, that was your goal. Yes. Right? I got that from my girlfriends. I'm going to help other exactly. women get it you know, as well. So, and that's really, um, then you've done a great job. Bravo. Because, well, thanks. I, because, I have you know, a great team. Yeah. And it's because of the team and the way, you know, it, it always starts at the head, right? It's the way you have to lead, right? You have to lead with that, with that mindset of we are here to help women entrepreneurs. We are here to build up, you know, their knowledge base and hopefully that'll, um, build their confidence and knowledge and so on. And, and, you know, but if you don't come at it with that attitude, it's a very different thing, right? It's just, this is what you do. Okay, go. Exactly. You know, but that's not what WBDC does. Um, and I can tell you that because I'm a client, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, not just because um, you're Fran and I'm talking to you, but literally because that, that's been my experience, you know. It makes me feel really yeah. good to hear that. So yeah, thank you for it's sharing the, that. It's the very truth, you know, and I can call there today and uh, I think Kenyatta or whatever will pick up the phone. Hey, mm -hmm. Nina, how are yeah. you? I'm like, I just feel like we're friends, yeah. you know, even if I haven't been there in a while, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, so I wanted to talk to you well, about. Well, that is the culture. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the culture of that's the business. That's totally the right? culture. Um, but that's but you said that that's even from the beginning. I mean, mm -hmm. that was that was your thought process from the beginning. Your girlfriends rallied around you. I mean, that is so pivotal, mm -hmm. right? Because that made you have that attitude of there's women out here who don't have that. I need to give them that. Yeah. And you do. And you do. That's wonderful. Um, Thank you for so, sharing yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you do all of this work domestically, right? So we're going to... Um, touch on a little bit more of that. I also want to touch on some of the work you've done globally because mm -hmm. you said you've traveled around mm -hmm. to different countries. So I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, you have um, done a lot of like work with a small business administration, right? Mm -hmm. The SBA and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, there's uh, also, um, what is that organization? SCORE. Mm -hmm. I think you guys have even pointed me that direction mm -hmm. sometimes. Sure. So what about SBA? What did you did you do with them? So SBA is the the, organ, the, the federal agency that provided us with the seed funding. Oh, got it. Okay. To start the business. To start the business. And, okay. Um, so the Small Business Administration is a large federal agency, mm -hmm. and they have um, they have volunteers through SCORE 
they have the Small Business Development Center, which we also have here in Connecticut, yeah. and then mm -hmm. they have the Women's Business Center program. Oh, okay. And they're still um, uh, very much a part of what you do? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, absolutely. that's great. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. So you guys have that connection. That nice connection. That's yep. wonderful. All right, so we are... Um, going to talk about, I wanted to talk to you about Rwanda, mm. uh, right? I heard of, uh, it's, it's exciting. You did a lot of great work there. So I really want to touch on that um, because I think that's, uh, it's just amazing to me how you started at a, at a table at a time where you were in need and you had uh, two small children and, but then you end up in Rwanda. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that was, you know, yeah, that was in 2010 and it just seems like yesterday and it was you know, for me, a life-changing experience, mm -hmm. right? So um, one of the things that happened is that, you know, when you're part of this network of women around the country mm -hmm. through the SBA, through the Women's Business Center program, there are over 100 organizations around the country that do what we do here in Connecticut. Um, and we're all connected because we're part of the SBA network. And so when you're part of that network, you get to meet a lot of great people. And... Um, I got a phone call one day from someone who asked us if we would be interested in um, hosting some Afghan entrepreneurs in Connecticut. This and, sounds exciting. Yeah, and so the <laughs> Business Council for Peace, which is an organization that's very near and dear to my heart, um, uh, is, is the organization that called. And of course, we were happy to take on these Afghan women business owners. And the Business Council for Peace does a lot of what WBDC does in formerly war-torn war countries. Oh, wow. And back in 2010, they were in Afghanistan. And as I got to know the Business Council for Peace, Be Peace as it's known, and became acquainted with their leadership and their staff who were wonderful people, um, I share that I had always had this dream to go to Africa and work with women in Africa. So I remember it like it was yesterday because it was like a dream come true. You know, I. I, um, we hosted these Afghan entrepreneurs, which was so fabulous um, for WVDC to have that experience. And the entrepreneurs that we hosted um, were actually trying to start a business development nonprofit in Afghanistan to wow. help women. So that's why they were placed with us, so that we can teach them the work that we were doing to help wow. to work with women entrepreneurs. So fast forward, it's like a year, a year later, and I get this phone call from Tony Maloney, who's the founder of the Business Council for Peace. And she shared with me that there was this project that they were thinking about taking on, which was to open up, to launch the first ice cream parlor ever in Rwanda. And um, so you can imagine a third world country. Yeah. It was 2010. The genocide was just a few years earlier. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really... Um, it was really a, an interesting, a very interesting time. And um, so it was a, a joint project with some young entrepreneurs in Brook, from Brooklyn, New York, that own Blue Marble ice cream, which you, know, you can find in your grocery yeah. store today, yeah. right? So Blue Marble was just getting off the ground, but the owners of Blue Marble were, had this um, compunction to launch, to help women in Rwanda who were genocide survivors. Wow. And so, um, so, so fast forward, um, Tony asks if I'd be interested and it would be a mission with a handful of other women. Our goal was to teach these women um, entrepreneurial and financial education skills. Wow. And so the next thing I knew, you know, eight months later, I was on a plane to Rwanda to meet these women 
that I never met before from the United States. We had these conference calls to talk about what we were going to teach. We, um, the Business Council for Peace, adapted some of WBDC's curriculum um, in Kin Rwandan so that we can teach it. And we had translators, and we were at on the campus of the That's University exciting. of Rwanda. Um, in, um, I mean, it was really amazing. So we we stayed with women entrepreneurs who owned a hotel. Um, we worked on the campus in Rwanda. Wow. And the ice cream shop was under construction. And what was really the most moving thing about it while I was physically there was learning about the genocide and meeting the survivors, these young people that were babies during the genocide and were now young women, um, hopefully striving for their first predictable source of income. Right. Um, what was really fascinating, um, what is really fascinating about the country is that women until the genocide were relegated to working in the fields and in very, very rural areas. Um, Post-genocide, 70% of the population are female. Mm. And so by the time I got to Rwanda, women had a majority, held a majority of the parliamentary seats women were um, the president and, and the, the country was very much geared toward putting women in positions of leadership. So this project was so, this country was so ready for this project. Yeah, and the ice cream store is still surviving. And what was beautiful about the model that Blue Marble put together and BP helped put orchestrate was that these um, employees of the ice cream shop were, it was a co-op. Um, and they were owners of this co-op. So one of the ways that Rwanda rebuilt itself as a country post-genocide was to create um, these co-ops co where women were taken out of this rural environment and they were brought in to learn certain skills. So you can have a cow milking co-op, you can have an artistry co-op, you could have a drumming co-op because women wow. couldn't drum prior to the genocide. And this was an ice cream co-op. And so um, we, the women were selected from some of these other co-ops who showed, um, you know, uh, higher, I would say more determination, if you will, a higher skill set, an interest in advancing themselves economically, and they became the ice cream co-op. So the ice cream shop actually opened up a couple of days after we left Rwanda. It opened on my birthday. Um, which is always a, oh, uh, a great memory yeah, for me. It's awesome. And um, the women are still receiving a predictable source of income. Um, to this day? Uh, till this day, the ice cream shop is still up and running. But my biggest contribution while I was there, the thing that I'm most proud of, was that we had these 17 women in a classroom going through this training for two weeks, and we got to know them really well. Um, none of the, all, n let me see. Only one out of the 17 had a bank account. Wow. And so here they were about to receive, about to have an income for the first time in their lives that they can count on. They were going to be paid a salary. Yeah. But they didn't have a bank account. And so um, what I did was I walked into town, walked into the local bank, brought back to the classroom two female bankers, and we opened up um, with a I think it was five or ten dollars at the time. We opened up bank accounts for all of them so wow. that they could have um, a bank account and save their money because we taught them all of this about budgeting. Right. Um, and so now the only natural progression was for them to have a bank account. Um, and five dollars to open up a bank That's account so was a lot of money. Transforming yeah. brand. 
Exactly. Wow. See, that's what I mean. It's not just about the education piece, yes. right? I mean, that's life transforming. That means that they now learned how to save money in a bank, yep. how to put money in the bank. I mean, that's just... That's it was what, so I mean. rewarding. It was so rewarding. <sighs> I'm sure. Yeah. And then fast forward, you know, when um, I traveled, as you know, to Costa Rica mm -hmm. um, a few years after that uh, to work with um, the University of Connecticut invited WBDC to bring its training programs um, through a joint program with UConn and the Department of State to Costa Rica to wow. work with... Um, um, women in rural parts of Costa Rica who were working in mostly in the agritourism business but these women had no skills whatsoever and you know um, this was also a very um, machismo culture that we were dealing oh, yeah. with mm -hmm. and it was starkly different from being in Rwanda where the, the bankers were women the people in positions of leadership were women um, the bankers came to us to open up these bank accounts and in Costa Rica my my colleague who was Costa Rican and I scheduled a day to go to, to meet the bank manager and explain that we were going to open up 15 new bank accounts and he agreed to that and when we arrived on the premises he basically said I don't have time for this what do they need bank accounts for anyway Wow. they just have these 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 businesses they're not really making any money and so we staged a sit-in and um, my Spanish was much better then than it is now, <laughs> but um, he, I basically told him we were not leaving until we opened up all these bank accounts, and he just looked at his watch and he just said, well, we're just too busy. And I said, well, you'll, you know, we'll wait. And finally, we waited and we opened up bank accounts for 12 women, um, so that, because we were there to teach them. Yeah. And then how do you not, how do you not, um, know how to work with a financial institution, no matter how small your income is. Right. You know, and where's the dignity and respect? And that was part of the cultural shock for me. Um, was seeing how angry and upset the male counterparts of these women were. Mm -hmm. That these women were learning how to how to increase their income, um, and how is that going to affect? the ego of the yeah. of the male and I had some unfortunate incidents while I was there watching how that transpired right so so um, we are fortunate that we don't really have a lot of that here right. in Connecticut in the United States but we are very much aware to what other women in other parts of the world do have to deal with so um, that must be um, a challenge uh, for WBDC to to teach the courses in a way that is relevant to the mm -hmm. different cultures, Culturally right? competent, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I'm sure that was a learning curve for you guys too, right? It's different to teach an entrepreneur class here in the U.S. than I, than I would assume that it is in Rwanda, that it is in Costa Rica, right? It so, was very unexpected. Yeah. Even though um, I had the way the program uh, ran was that the University of Connecticut set me up with a Costa Rican counterpart who was a professor. So I was working with a young woman. Right. Um, you know, was very young, but was a professor in, a, in the National University. And even she was surprised at the, um, at the feedback that we received. But what I loved about these women, I mean, we taught, it was 100 degrees, and we were in an open-air classroom. 
with a, um, oh, a metal no roof. Air. <laughs> yeah, with a metal roof that was clamoring the whole time. It was like impossible to Not talk. Not a challenge. It, there were a lot of challenges, but these women were so empowered because of the experience that they were having. And also, the experiences that I shared with them as an American woman and, you know, being unemployed and having limited resources at one time in my life. Um, and so we bonded and we talked a lot about how they would handle um, the, the experience that, that they were going to encounter with their significant other or their mm -hmm. counterpart. Yeah, because that's another challenge in itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and um, what tools they needed. And so through the university, my colleague was able to help get them some counseling about how to deal with it because we were really concerned about domestic violence yeah. as a result, which yeah. was something that neither of us thought about um, because she is a professional. Right. And in her environment, even though that machismo culture exists, um, we did not realize the depths of it in that, in that rural environment. So Absolutely. So, uh, so when you were doing these um, courses, um, I'm assuming that you had to learn like, well, I mean, for instance, let's just use one of the examples. Like say you had to teach SWOT analysis, mm -hmm. right? I mean, do you have to teach that when you go to, and probably no, not, no. right? So I'm sure that you've it had to customized. adjust in, yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably had to customize. That's what it I'm trying to say. It was very customized. Yeah. It was very customized. And you know, we also have limited time that yeah. we're there. So we really have to cram things in. Oh, that's in. true. Yeah, we really right. have to. So, are you teaching in. then the whole course while you're there? How long is your st no? no you the come the back stay in Costa Rica was a week. Oh, okay, a week. So, okay. Um, what we zoomed in on was basically financial management, how to pay yourself, okay, how to know what's coming in and what's going out. We talked about marketing. We worked a lot on a marketing plan. Um, it was it was in terms of the SWOT analysis when you're talking about backcountry yeah, Costa Rica. I mean. yeah. It wasn't exactly relevant. Right, it wasn't relevant. That's right? what I mean. So I'm sure that that, that so was a really learning curve to, for yeah, you guys, exactly. like trying to learn what exactly. is relevant and yeah. what do we speak about. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we talk about their finances, how much do they actually have, you know, and do are they even in control of their finances? No, right? would be the answer there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like all of that is, is a challenge mm -hmm. um, and to try to connect with them in a in a deeper way because, yes. um, because they're probably looking at you like, ah, she has no idea how our culture runs, right? So now you have to try to really find out what, what it's like, right? Well, we yeah. had this bonding experience because my counterpart and I became very close and we still are very close and she comes here with her son and, you know, we, we have a great relationship. But she lives in Costa Rica? She lives in oh, Costa she Rica, does. Okay. yeah. Um, but what I did when I, when the first thing that I did was tell them about myself and my background which, to be quite honest, was not necessarily too different from right. them. Right. And so when I shared with them my own experiences, um, I, remember, I remember specifically this one woman in particular saying, oh my God, she's just like us. Mm -hmm. We have the same experiences. So it was a bonding That's moment wonderful. from there. And yeah. then you know, we were able to engage on you know, what they felt were the most important things. And beautiful notes and beautiful letters that I'll always treasure, you yeah. know, about that experience that they had. And I think, as always, when you travel and have these experiences to help others, um, you always think, you set out by thinking you're going there to teach something, and then you always end up being taught. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And also, you know, um, it's always in hindsight, of course, that when you're going through the things that you're going through, I believe anyway, 
that it's uh, it's going to help you help others. Oh, absolutely. You know, I believe that that's what enriches our lives, even though some things are really hard and things that we don't really want to go through in life. But I always try to remember that uh, this too shall pass. Yes. You know, um, nothing stays the same, right? And uh, happy times don't always stay. Bad times don't always stay. Life moves on. And so I always try to think about that, um, like, what experiences have I gone through and then how do I grab those experiences to help someone else right mm -hmm. so I'm sure that um, you've had to do that plenty of times yourself right I mean it's, it's one thing to teach a course it's another thing to connect in that very personal way and the connecting, it's a very different thing yes and you know I mean it's funny that you say that because for many many years at WBDC I was really strict about we are an educational organization we are an educational organization and as the world of entrepreneurship has changed mm -hmm. and evolved. And as the playing field around us has changed and evolved in our country and in our state um, and in our space, you know, WBDC was a trailblazer 22 years ago. And the, we had no bandwidth to do anything else but what we were charged to do right. by the source of funds that we were receiving from the SBA. Now we have a little more space, we have a little more bandwidth, we can make ourselves more available to create more of that community because so many women like you who um, came to WBDC 10 or 15 or 20 years ago are coming back saying, I really need to connect with other women like me, my business is great, I need that community, that feeling of support. And so I feel really good about being able to be that place yeah. that has that history and that offers um, that offers that. Yeah, it offers way more than education, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and um, I wanted to, because uh, your services are just amazing at WBDC, and I wanted to touch a little bit on that, um, because I know that you have, you offer uh, classes, you coaching, uh, you do events, you, there's volunteer opportunities, there's a lot of stuff that happens at WBDC, you know, it's, it's not just education, you can be a volunteer to come mm -hmm. and help, you, mm -hmm. can, uh, you can be a donor, uh, you can be somebody who does take the courses, I mean, it's, it's really a lot going mm -hmm. on there, um, and I know that um, you do deliver, like, extensive uh, list of, of uh, business and financial education, and I was reading on your site that there's really three uh, core pillars, mm -hmm. there's three learning core pillars that you have, which is entrepreneurial training, financial education, and access to capital, mm -hmm. right? So um, the um, so I'm sure that it was, at least in my, in my mind, I'm thinking it must have been a challenge to kind of just narrow it down to what are the what are the cores of what we're doing here? Because you do a lot, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you do a lot. So uh, for entrepreneur training, you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the entrepreneurial training is um, really the heart of what we do. Um, it is the majority of the work that we do. It's about represents about 80% of our portfolio of clients. And those are women that are coming to us that have either been in business for a few months to a few years mm -hmm. and to women who have been in business for many years and want to scale. So the entrepreneurial training programs um, consist of one-on-one -on -one business counseling and coaching, um, small group workshops on a particular topic, and then long-term training programs. So mm -hmm. the program that you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. which we used to call Fast Track, we now call GPS, Guide Plan Succeed. Oh, okay. And it's still, the, the, the outcome of that is still to test the integrity of your idea or your business concept. And so um, you still are gonna walk away with a rough business plan. Right. 
Um, one of the best things about that course is what you described also earlier, which is where you do the speed dating, right. where you get to talk to people from the community and you vet your idea in front of them, mm -hmm. and they give you nuggets of information, um, either contrary to what you've what you've laid out in your mm -hmm. business plan or to your 60-second pitch, um, or, wow, that's a great idea, and also did you think, think about this? So we're always looking for volunteers from the community to help us with that aspect of that course, and we are always looking for guest speakers that have expertise in finance or marketing um, or, or legal work. Um, so that's, that's kind of the entrepreneurial training, and it runs the gamut. I always like to use the analogy of a martini glass when I talk about um, our programs. And, you know, we start at the very top with the broad spectrum um, programs, uh, which is our guide plan succeed. Mm -hmm. And in that 10 session or 12 session course, you get one-on-one -on -one coaching and counseling, you get um, online counseling and coaching, um, you get live plan, which is where you can build your business plan live in concert wow. with getting live help. Um, and then there may be one section in that program on marketing. And what we'll do is we know that's not enough. We know you need more time than that. So we have um, a marketing program. We drill down at a, in, that, in that martini glass, right? So the next layer of services is going to be um, a mini-series, a mini-series on how to build a marketing plan so that you can walk away with some semblance of a plan when you right. leave that course, um, right down to how do you draft a press release, right? right. So we cover the gamut in terms of how far, we, how deep we get, and we get pretty deep, or you can choose not to, and right. you can scratch the surface. Um, with the financial education programs, it's really become a sweet spot for us, and actually we're merging our access to capital and financial oh. pillars, because everything about money should fall under one yep. pillar. Okay, and so that makes to, sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and so in the financial piece, it's not only business finances, but personal finances. Right? So we'll talk to you about um, how do you get your personal financial house in order because you need to have that in order before you set out to launch a business. Yeah. Um, when you have your business, let's make sure that you are separating yeah, um, I learned that. <laughs> your business from your personal finances. Yeah. What goes into business comes out of business. What yeah. goes into personal comes out of personal. Um, so the financial education program on the personal side is all about helping people get their personal finances in order whether or not they're thinking about going into business. So this program is not limited to entrepreneurs or people in business. Oh. It can be for anybody who is interested in handling their finances better. It's good to know. how to increase your um, credit score, how to reduce your debt, and hopefully how to increase your savings. Oh, and sometimes great. the outcome of that is I need to do something about my job, or I need to get a better job, or I need to get better education so I can qualify for a better job. Um, and a lot of times with the entrepreneurs that come into that program, it's, wow, I better not leave my day job until I have this figured out, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and the other piece of the finance pillar is around access to capital. And that's about getting money into the hands of women entrepreneurs. And there are so many programs in our state uh, and there are also alternative means to accessing capital, whether through angel investors or venture capitalists um, or friends and family. Right. And so that's part of what we also um, will teach in our programs and also how to approach a bank for just traditional bank financing. Uh, so we're really proud of the work yeah, that we do. And again, be. it's all about the handholding that yeah. we do. Yeah, and that's a, that's a lot of information that sometimes it's really hard to access your, on your own. 
Um, and I mean, there's a lot online, yes, but it's different when you're sitting down face to face with someone. It's very, very different. That's why the community yeah. is so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got that from from there as well because it was very it, like I, what I when I was making the comment before that I got that was I remember sitting down with one of your financial coaches and she was saying, you know, your business and personal are mixed together. We got to separate that. You can't do that. Uh, but when you're a tiny, tiny, you know, entrepreneur, you don't know that. You're just like, okay, this is the money I'm going to put in. This is what I'm going to have. And you just kind of mix it all together. But then you realize it's not very smart. Well, you, you know, know? It's, you'll never figure out how much yeah, money you're exactly. making. And so exactly. we actually had someone come in the other day who is a successful, has multiple retail locations for her shop, um, has probably 15 employees. Um, because we have a mentorship program now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you may or may not be aware of that. And we asked her, you know, why she felt she needed a mentor. Because our mentor program is very, very coveted. Highly, highly coveted. Um, because we are matching mentors who will spend six months mentoring a client. Wow. So they're really giving up their time. Right. So we want to make sure that we're tackling a particular challenge, a business challenge. And... We were really surprised when we're really surprised when some of these clients that have been in business for a long time come in and say, "I'm not really sure if I'm making money." So we really want to make sure that economic success is built into the equation, yeah. and the education piece can never be discounted. And right. and the mentoring, the need for mentors and counselors can never be understated, overstated. That's so true, and I know that um, you know even being on your site, or I, I also am, am part of your newsletter and all that. And I notice that you are um, also WBDC loves to 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 show us real success stories and and stories of, of people that are going in and out of your organization, and um, and you know then that inspires you. You know when you see that that person opened up their bakery and that person is doing their jewelry and that person is you know and it's just so it's such a cool thing to see because you're seeing you're seeing that they're being um, spotlighted right so that we can uh, know them more it increases their business I mean I've done business with a few people that I've seen on your site oh that's wonderful yeah yeah so I've connected I'm like hi I saw you on WBDC they're like oh that's awesome you know so and that just connects us because like you said it's like that community mm -hmm. right and I noticed you have a beautiful piece on yes and I um, oh my broken glass my yeah, your broken, broken glass right? ceiling yeah yes. do you want to tell me a little bit about that it's a pretty piece I do I do um, so this is a very dear friend of mine, um, Erica Smith, has a business, it's um, brokenglassceiling.com, and it's a three-generation jewelry business. It's wow. her mother, herself, and uh, her niece, and they make these necklaces for female empowerment, and all of the money that, and all the profits that they get, they donate to Vital Voices, Oh wow! which is a wonderful organ global organization that helps women around the globe um, that are victims of all kinds of unfortunate uh, social injustices. Wow, so um, this is a really great piece and um, I love it and I wear it because it was a gift to me from my friend um, who made it. So Yeah, but she's it. also doing really good things. She's with that. doing great That's work. Amazing. She's doing and great it's, work. It's brokenglassceiling.com. Right, right? www.brokenglassceiling.com. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And so, I want if yeah. I can yeah. Um, one of the things we're going to be working on, and I encourage any entrepreneurs that have a website to, um, to be in touch with us because we are going to 
embark on a special project that I have wanted to do for years and we're finally able to do it. We are going to embark on having a directory for women entrepreneurs in Connecticut on our website. That's fantastic. I cannot tell you how That's many fantastic. times a week we get phone calls, is there a directory, is there a directory, is there a directory? There is no directory and we would like to make a that's, directory. That's and so wonderful. that's one of our objectives and our goals for Good. 2020. That's awesome. So I want to wrap up, but not before we mention the gala. Yeah. So tell me about the gala, when it is, what are we doing? Yeah. What's up? So the gala is on November 1st. <laughs> um, it's our opportunity to showcase the work that we're doing by introducing our clients to the community who supports them. So there are about um, 700 guests that attend the gala from um, corporate uh, uh, contributors and investors in the organization, to philanthropists, entrepreneurs, um, even some celebrities will be thrown in there occasionally. But it's our chance to showcase our clients and thank other women in positions of leadership who are paving the way for other women. And so we're honoring 11 WBDC clients. They are um, recipients of the Women Rising Award. And then we have um, three women who are in positions of leadership um, in our state um, or, or in our region. Um, we're honoring um, uh, Roz Brooks, who just um, was named managing partner of PwC. Her, her work in diversity and inclusion and helping women um, in, her, in their role navigate into a corporate, corporate life is so important. We're honoring Susan Lasota, who is one of the highest ranking women in Connecticut at State Street Global Advisors. And we're honoring Allison Malloy, who is um, an entrepreneur herself from Stanford, who is now um, uh, the, I believe, second in command at Connecticut Innovations, which is wow. the state's venture capital arm. And I'm really excited because our moderator of uh, our conversation this year is going to be Alexandra Labenthal, whose grandmother launched the first um, bond bond trading company on Wall Street. So we're really excited with Great. that lineup. You it's should November first. Yeah, it's November first. Okay. You can get a ticket at www.ctwbdc.org. And that's what I was going to tell everyone. Okay. So there you go. So you can look at all this information at uh, www.ctwbdc.org. Org. Thank you so much for watching. Again, this is Nina Perez at Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.